told you last week that we were in the book, we're studying the book of Matthew, and perhaps for the next two weeks I would do something about Christmas, and I changed my mind. Actually, I realized that when we started the book of Matthew and we got to chapter 2, I skipped chapter 2. Because I, I told you in that explanation, we, talk, we read Matthew chapter 1 and 2 and Luke chapter 2 over and over again for Christmas, and we hit that so hard. So I thought, well, let's, we, since we do that at Christmas time, I'll skip it. I'm going back to chapter 2 today. So we will talk about Christmas, but we're still in Matthew. How's that sound? Is that okay? Although we're going to do something a little bit unique, and hopefully you'll be able to stay with me. We're going to talk about history. Uh, we were talking about that last night. <laughs> uh, history, and I'll try to get through it quickly and easily and as painlessly as I can. The fact of the matter is, God works through and in history. And when you read the Bible, a lot of the Bible, the scripture, is history. It's God's dealing with mankind throughout history. He intervenes. He does things. Sometimes he does things and we don't even realize what he's doing. And in retrospect, we see that he was doing things. Well, anyway, we'll look at that. But anyway, we'll go to Matthew chapter 2 and we'll read this. And we're going to talk about the Magi, the wise men. Okay? Did they ever mess you up? Did you ever think about the wise men and where in the world they came from and why they're even there? Well, we're going to talk about them today. Matthew chapter 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King... I might have a different... No, I think we'll be all right. I switched to King James for a little later on in, in the message, so uh, hopefully it will match. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi came... Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where's the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. And when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. To be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied. For this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary. And they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. And so that's a wonderful story that we, we talk about, we read about, we hear about in... Uh, Christmas time, and we sing the song, We Three Kings of Orient are. No, we Three Kings, and the truth is they weren't kings. They were wise men. Anybody, oh. Anybody ever sing the, the, the kids' version of We Three Kings? It's good my wife's not here. We Three Kings of Orient are trying to smoke a rubber cigar. <laughs> it was loaded, it exploded, now there's only two. 
we two kings of Orient are trying to smoke. Never mind. That's not where we're going today. Uh, don't, ple- don't tell her. Don't tell her. <laughs> I know how to edit it out. I can edit it out. I do that. <laughs> anyway, what we need to do to understand, we're going to talk about the Magi, but we need to go back in history to talk about the Magi, where they actually came from and where they originated. And you'll be surprised and enlightened, I think, as I was when you find out what the roots were of these men. I've heard all kinds of things growing up that they were astrologers because they were following a star and they were kings or they were... Matter of fact, the church has made up names for them. Have you read the names? Uh, Bel, Bel, Melchior and Belshazzar. I don't know. There's names for them. And there were three of them. And then there's the song about the fourth one or a story about the fourth one. And... It's all made up, fabricated. A lot of what I'm going to share from you is from Herodotus, a historian from back in ancient times. So it actually starts with the Babylonian Empire. And so show the picture of the Babylonian Empire. Uh, This is ancient Babylon. This is the area where Israel is located. Babylon was the place or the country or the nation or the kingdom that conquered Israel. Israel and then Judah and took the Israelites captive into captivity Babylon. And the king that did that was Nebuchadnezzar. And he's mentioned in scripture. He's mentioned in a couple places, especially in the book of Daniel. Daniel was somebody who was taken captive along with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the the three guys that were thrown into the fiery furnace. That was under Nebuchadnezzar. That was the fellow that was there at the time. And so Babylon was a major player in 606-539. And then Babylon was conquered by the Medo-Persians. And the Medo-Persians are next, and this is their empire. And you see that their empire is even larger than than the previous one. And under the Medo-Persian empire, the, the emperor, the first one was Darius, or Darius, depending on how you spell it. And he was a fellow who who... Uh, took Daniel and made him a prince in the land. Um, the Medes had a priesthood. Folks that they called priests that were very similar to the priests in Israel. Very similar. Um, ooh, I don't want to do that. Where do I have that? Uh, it's later on. In, da- in Daniel chapter, I'm sorry, in Jeremiah chapter 39, verse 3, I didn't put this verse in there, but it talks about a rab mag, R-A-B-M-A-G, which is really uh, one of the magi, one of the chief magi in, the, in, in Babylon. Um, in Daniel chapter 4, verse 9, it says this, O Belteshazzar, which that was Daniel's... Um, did I put that verse in there? I may not have put that in there. O Belteshazzar, master of the magicians, because I know that the spirit of the holy gods is in thee, and no secret trouble thee. Tell me the visions of my dream that I have seen and the interpretation thereof. This is Daniel being requested by Nebuchadnezzar about the dream that he had. Do you remember the dream that, that Daniel had about the statue that had a head of gold and all the way down to the feet that were clay and iron? 
I said, what's that about? And he said, well, I'm telling you about what's going to happen in the future. And so Daniel interprets the dream. That's, that's important to remember. In Daniel chapter 5, verse 11, Nebuchadnezzar is gone and his son is in his place. And, and uh, remember when the, the, the finger appeared on the wall and began to write, many, many, tekel, something or other, I don't know what the... Who can interpret what that finger is writing there, the writing on the wall? Daniel chapter 5, verse 11 says this, There is a man in thy kingdom in whom is the spirit of the holy gods, and in the days of thy father light and understanding and wisdom, like the wisdom of the gods, was found in him, whom the king Nebuchadnezzar thy father, the king, I say, thy father, made master of the magicians, astrologers, Chaldeans, and soothsayers. And so here's Daniel, he's put in a place in the, in the kingdom of Babylon. He's put into, oh, there it is. I had one of them anyway. He, in the kingdom of Babylon, he has made one of these wise men. They called them magicians, but notice that in the name magician is magi. In the Median Persian Empire, they had this group of priests that was a carryover from Babylon. And these guys were called... They were involved in oniromancy. Oniromancy. What does that mean? They were dream interpreters. They were priests who interpreted dreams. Now, this particular class of people in these empires were monotheistic. They believed in one God. They believed that he was supreme. They believed that uh, there was a struggle between the supreme good being and evil. And they also believed that the priests interceded between the people and God with blood sacrifices. And so they're very similar. In, in history, we can look back and see that the priests in Israel were very similar to these priests in Media Persia. What happened with the Median, in the Median Persian empires is that these wise men, as they were called, were not only priests, but they were given civil responsibilities so that when these wise men rose to the level that the media Persian Empire gave them, they actually had the responsibility of choosing the next king because they heard from God. They could interpret dreams. They had wisdom. They could see things that no one else could see. And when Daniel was brought into the Median Persian kingdom, when the media Persians conquered Babylon... Darius or Darius, the king, checked out every one of the wise men and he put Daniel over them all. Okay, so he became the chief wise man or um, they actually, he actually, the, uh, Darius set up 120, he called them kind of like presidents that put them over the different regions of the empire. And according to that chart that we had of the Persian Empire, it was pretty expansive. But over all 120 of those other wise men, Daniel was number one. Okay, so think of the influence that a Jewish person had in the media Persian Empire that Daniel had in that place, in that position, because they realized that he interpreted dreams. Okay, so that became the history, and, and those... In, in that empire, those dream interpreters, they weren't astrologers, they didn't study the stars, they, didn't, they weren't into um, 
the signs, the zodiac, and all that, like we've heard. It had nothing to do with that. They were men who could interpret dreams. And Daniel, of course, was the best at it. Okay. Did I put this in, in uh, Daniel <laughs> chapter 6? It pleased Daniel? Yeah, it pleased Daniel. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 princes, which should be over the whole kingdom, and over those three presidents, of whom Daniel was the first, that the princes might give accounts unto them, and the king should have no damage. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes, because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king thought to set him over the whole realm. So you see what's happening here. If you think about this from a historical perspective, Daniel, because of his relationship with God, and because of the spirit that was on him, and because of his ability to interpret dreams, he's put over all of these... I mean, this is the ruling world power. And it's a man of God, and he's setting a standard for how they rule their kingdom in interpreting dreams and in receiving revelation from God in order to rule the kingdom. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? I mean, from my perspective, that's, that's really amazing. The nations of Persia, go to the, go, go to the next, um, nope, that's, that's, that's not going to help us. We'll go to that one in a little bit. Persia, ah, that's later on. Uh, and Israel were very closely intertwined because they were both conquered and they both fought for their independence and their freedom. Um, Israel or Palestine got their freedom from the Persian Empire, eventually from, from uh, under the Maccabees. And that was that time period that's intertestamental. They called it intertestamental. And um, the Medes eventually were conquered and they got their, the Persians... Uh, came under the influence of the Parthians, and we'll show that in a little bit. But what happened then is that Alexander the Great rose to power, and he conquered everybody. That's the next slide. And so this is the area that Alexander the Great conquered, all of that. And when he died, his territory was divided up <laughs> into... I'll try, I'm trying to get through this. Four different um, segments... Four different segments because he gave it to four different generals and his daughter married one of the generals. Anyway, the two strongest portions of Alexander the Great's kingdom was Ptolemy and Seleucus. And what's right in the middle? Israel, Palestine. Eventually, Israel fought and they, under the Maccabeans and they got their independence they actually got their independence for a time. Um, eventually, Roman control came back over, and, and the, the Persians wrested control away from Seleucus. Go to the next slide. <clears throat> Here's the Roman Empire again. And how about the next one? Do I have the next one? Look at this one. Here's the Persians over here. They, they established their own empire, and this is the, the Roman Empire about the time of Christ. So we've, we've seen these transitions happening over and over again. And again, the buffer zone right here between the Roman Empire and the Parthians is Israel. So what happens 
<laughs> you know how the uh, people say that the the 400 years between the Old Testament and New Testament things are silent. The Bible was silent, God was silent. Well, God wasn't actually silent. He had actually given the history before it happened in the book of Daniel. The book of Daniel actually talks about those four kingdoms. It talks about Alexander the Great. It talks about the Persian Empire. It talks about Alexander the Great's empire being divided, being divided into four different groups. It, it does all of that. It explains all of that if you read it. If you read through Daniel, you don't really understand it. But if you know the history of what actually happened and you read that, then you begin to understand everything that God was doing and how he had talked about what would happen before it happened. Now, the higher critics that look at the Bible and they read Daniel and they go, well, Daniel couldn't have known this, so this book must have been written much later after it all happened. It was probably written during the time of the New Testament or something. And so they said, there's no way anybody could know the detail of what was going to happen in history before it happened, so this book has to be much later, not earlier. And then they found the Dead Sea Scrolls. And then they realized that the earliest copies that they had was much earlier than they thought, and it was before a lot of the history happened that they were written, and they realized that Daniel was a wise man and received from the Lord the insight. So when the Roman Empire came into power, they actually at at times controlled Israel, and at times the Parthian Empire controlled Israel. I never knew this, but there was a going back and forth under different control. Sometimes the Romans controlled Palestine, and sometimes the old Persian Empire, the Parthian Empire, controlled Israel. And Parthia, if you want to know what modern countries are there in in that region today, it's Iran and Afghanistan. So just keep, keep that in mind, too. Iran and Afghanistan. So, let's get up to modern, more modern, not modern times, contemporaneous with the time of Christ. We all know that Herod was the, the king over Palestine at that time, and his father was Antipater. And um, during Antipater, his rule, Rome regained control over Palestine, and that was around 40 B.C., And then Mark Anthony came along. Ever hear of Mark Anthony and your studies? He came along and he decided to make more, more uh, firm control over Palestine. So he came in and he pushed out anybody else that was still there remaining in all the parts of Palestine. And he was so successful that he decided to attack the Parthians. So he went to attack the Parthians and was roundly defeated. And any time that Rome tried to go after the Parthians, they got beaten badly. So you had these two rather large powers, the Parthian Empire and the Roman Empire, that every once in a while would battle, and control of Palestine would shift back and forth. So then what happened, uh, the Parthians, because of Mark Anthony, the Parthians took control of Palestine again. So it's getting, we're getting close to the time of Christ, and now the Parthians are in control Herod has now been king for a short time. Herod is the king of Palestine, but he can't even get into Palestine because the Parthians have control. 
So how would you like to be king of a territory that you can't even get into? So that's part of the dynamics that are going on before Christ is born, all this back and forth. So what happens is that the Caesar gives Herod a garrison of troops, and so they laid siege to Palestine, to, to Jerusalem, to take over. It took them five months, but they finally drove the Parthians out of Palestine, and Rome regained control of Palestine under Herod. And because Herod was able to do that, he was able to drive the Parthians out. Caesar gave him a title. You know what that title was? King of the Jews. So Herod became king of the Jews just prior to Christ's birth. And so Herod is now king. He finally gets to move back into Palestine. He's actually able to live in the place that he's the monarch over under Caesar. And so you have all, the, the, the reason that I'm saying this is you have all these dynamics going on of a tussle back and forth. And then what happens? The Magi follow a star from Parthia, come to Jerusalem, right into Herod's territory and said, where is he who was born king of the Jews? <laughs> and he's like, you got to be kidding me. I'm going to pull my hair out. What is this? Now, these wise men were the magi, the hereditary magi that had been established way back in the Persian kingdom. They had continued that line all the way down through. And they were still the same thing. They were priests, and they were the civil leaders. They were still the kingmakers in Parthia, okay? They still had that responsibility. So when they came, when they came to Jerusalem, it wasn't three guys on camels. Since it was a contested territory, they probably came with a contingent of soldiers to protect their lives. You don't send your leaders into hostile territory without protection. So when these guys come into Israel... And I don't think it was three. It could have been 10, 15, 20. It could have been 50 magi. We don't know. But they come in with their troops into Jerusalem. Where is he who is king of the Jews? And what does the scripture say? Uh, I'll find it. It's back in verse... I have to go all the way back. When, verse 3, when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed in all Jerusalem with him. See, when they came into Jerusalem, they didn't come to Herod. They just came into the city and said, where's he who was born king of the Jews? And then Herod finds out. And so he secretly meets with them. We can look at, oh, this is verse 3. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed in all Jerusalem with him. And when he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born in Bethlehem and Judea. They replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. And then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child as soon as you find him, report to me so that I can worship him. Do you think he wanted to worship him? Okay, so here's Mary and, jo Mary and Joseph and the little baby just hanging out in Bethlehem, 
He's just been born. No room in the inn. They had to go to the stable. Matter of fact, there were no animals in the stable. Does the Bible say there were animals in the stable? There are no animals in the stable. We don't know that. There could have been, but the Bible doesn't say that. But we still have, see, we have sheep and donkeys all around them. Okay, think about this for a minute. Here's Mary, humble Mary, teenage girl with her new baby, her husband Joseph in a foreign place. They're not, I mean, it's part of their nation, but it's not a, where they grew up. And the Magi show up. Not three guys on a camel, but a retinue of soldiers and a large group of wise men from Parthia. I mean, think, hello, can we come in? I mean, imagine what you would do. I mean, put yourself in their shoes. And when they brought them gold, frankincense, and myrrh, it probably wasn't a little box. It was probably like saddlebags on donkeys that here. One more thing I want to talk about. That star. What in the world was that? Anybody have any idea? What was that star about? I mean, they've looked, astronomers have looked to try to figure out what that star was all about. And see, it doesn't make sense for a star to appear and lead them from Parthia all the way to Israel and stop. And they're in Jerusalem. And all of a sudden, it starts moving again and takes them to Bethlehem. Have you ever seen a star act that way? So what was it? I'm going to give you a suggestion. This is my suggestion. In the Old Testament, when Abraham met with God several times throughout his lifetime, the Lord asked him to covenant with him. Remember when Abraham cut a covenant with God? They took seven animals and they cut them in half. And what you did when you made a covenant with someone, you got animals, you sacrificed them, cut them in half, and you put the two halves on either side and you made a kind of like a row, and if you were making a covenant with someone, you would hold hands or something and walk between those animals. They called it the cutting of the covenant. So Abraham did that. He took animals, he killed them, and he was ready to walk through, and God put Abraham into a deep sleep, and what happened? A fire pot moved down through the center. God was the one who made the covenant with Abraham. So it was that Shekinah glory that went and moved through. So Moses is out in the wilderness tending the sheep and he sees a bush that's on fire and it's burning and he stops to see what it is and what is it? It's God speaking to him from the bush but it's the Shekinah glory of God in the bush. And Abraham leads the people out of Egypt into the wilderness and they're worshiping God and as they go, God appears to them at a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. What is it? It's the Shekinah glory that rests over the mercy seat of the ark and travels with them. And on Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came, what kind of a manifestation was there? Tongues of fire. Is it possible that that star was really the Shekinah glory of God leading those wise men? See, why wise men? Probably because of Daniel's influence Hundreds of years before. Nothing else. I mean, when I heard about the magicians, 
the Magi coming. And I thought, why would God have, like, witchcraft? I mean, what else could you think about? Witchcraft coming to worship Jesus. It just didn't make sense to me. I was trying to justify it and think, how could that be? But these were were men who were wise men who were dream interpreters. Matter of fact, God spoke to them in the dream while they were in Israel. He said, Herod told you to go report to him, but don't report to him. Just go home another way. And so they obeyed and went. And so is it possible that what God was doing, and there are other reasons that I don't have time to get into, other reasons why God would take someone from that empire, from Parthia, the wise men who were kind of descended from Daniel and what he established in that kingdom years before to come and to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. It's amazing. And that makes a lot more sense to me. And so I believe it was the Holy Spirit in that star, however he appeared, of like fire, like light, and to move and to direct them and to bring them to that place. Apparently they must have had dreams before that. We've come to worship him who was born king of the Jews. Where'd they get that from? Sounds like God spoke to them in a dream. Spoke to them in a dream that the king of the Jews was born. We know what happened after that and how they departed a different way. And Herod had all the children, two years old and younger, in Bethlehem in that area, killed. Satan was always trying to to wipe out the Messiah, trying to wipe out the line of the Messiah over and over again through the Old Testament. And so... I believe that in this, in this story, we see a connection. There's a connection between what happened even, throughout, even in the nations of, of the world. You know, we see all kinds of turmoil in our day today. Uh, turmoil in the Middle East. Countries rising, falling. Countries fighting, arguing. We see, is Iran going to get nuclear weapons? What's going to happen to Israel? Uh, what's, what's Russia doing? What's, and you see all this turmoil and all the things that are going on around the world. And I think one of the things that we can take from our talk this morning is that God's at work in all of it. And he's not thwarted at all in his plans and what he wants to do, what he's going to do, and how he's going to bring everything to perfect fulfillment. He's able to do exactly what he wants. He can use people... And sometimes he does very, very, very subtle things that have tremendous impact. And we don't always see it, we don't always recognize it, but we need to understand that he is at work, even in our lives. The things that go on in our day-to-day lives... um, And we can have confidence in him that the good that he says he will do, he is doing in us. And so when I think about wise men, I think about magi, I'll have a whole different perspective on the magi, dream interpreters. Do you know that God loves to give dreams? He speaks to us by dreams, and we need to be more aware of that and if you have a dream that you remember you need to write it down learn to take make a journal and write down your dreams and ask God what he's saying to you he does speak to you